go. Producer Lex is not here. I'm running this thing solo. My fingers and my toes are crossed that everything functions in the way it's supposed to. It's uh, I'm, a, I'm pretty much a fumbling idiot over here when it comes to all the technical aspects. Um, but Lex has me set up and I have him on the IM on the Facebook. If I have any issues, I'm sure we can um, square it up. So um, Morgan Blair is on the show today. I met her a few years ago through some of my buddies. Um, I think we'll get into all that. I probably don't have that much to talk about to start. Um, I just finished my, or I just had my very first jujitsu tournament. Uh, it went really well. It was a lot different than I had anticipated. Much more difficult. Ended up fighting a bunch of heavyweights. Well, not a bunch of, but a few heavyweights. Uh, the divisions got put mixed up together um oh geez i'm so burpy i i added seven up back into my diet since i was cutting weight but yeah so i had to fight these heavy dudes even though i cut weight but that's the way it goes i learned a bunch and i'm excited to compete some more in the future i got a I'm working on the solo show for san francisco at nowheresville gallery coming up in may and uh I think that's it. Let's just jump right into this thing. We're doing late night episode. We usually record in the morning. It's uh, it's eight my time. I think it's going on midnight. No, I guess it's eleven New York time where Morgan's at. So let's just get right into this thing and give Morgan a call. Hello. Morgan Blair. Hey. How are you? <laughs> Good. It's uh, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, I I said in the intro, this is a late night podcast hour. (laughs) I'm so old. Eight o'clock feels like it's late (laughs) on my end. I know. I'm already kind of grumpy about my neighbors upstairs, like playing music. And then it's like not really late though. Are you using the broom and hitting the the ceiling? Once in a while I do, (laughs) but I feel really bad about it. I always think of, um, I love Lucy for some reason. When I think of that scene, I like somebody hitting the, <laughs> I don't know, or like, I know. Uh, or maybe friends. We'll, we'll definitely talk about nineties television shows. I think at some <laughs> point in this, cool. in this hour, uh, I guess right off the bat, thank you for, for taking the time to talk with me. Um, Duh, I appreciate no it. Problem. Right. <laughs> um, you and I met one time before in San Diego. Uh, I, yeah, I, I learned about you through the uh, the Cezio fellas, yeah, yeah, and ladies, the fine people at the Cezio <laughs> organization, the good old days. Yeah, and so you you came out to San Diego. Uh, you did like a little road trip, and and then did an installation here in San Diego. Um, yeah, that was amazing. What Fun was time. what was sort of the precipice for that? How did how did the Cezio guys track you down? Were were you doing? Were you showing? A, quite a bit already by then no i that was the first year i moved to new york and i really wasn't doing anything (laughs) at all i was pretty much just looking for work and i don't know how they found me actually i don't know if i ever asked them or maybe i did but i can't remember but i did like a little interview with them on their website and then zach eventually suggested that i go do a show out there and since that seemed like it would be fun, and I had no other plans. 
at all. I went out there with my friend and we went on a road trip and it was super fun. Was that your first time going cross country road trip yeah. style? Yeah, yeah. We plotted our way via like thrift stores. So we just like hit everyone that we could. And then by the time we got there, we had a, the whole car was just like full of junk. <laughs> so are there like thrift stores throughout the country that are like the go-to thrift stores? Like, you know, like everybody, if they're Probably. in California, they go to Disneyland. Like, is there like... Yeah, you know, I'm sure there are. I don't think we were aware of them. We just Googled, like, Salvation Army and, like, Goodwill, and we found a lot of other ones just because we saw them with our eyes. But, like, the only place that we went to that we were told we had to go wasn't a thrift store. It's called Graceland 2, and it's, like, this guy – I can't remember as well – as when we were going there, what it is, because we never got to go in, but it's supposedly a guy has this insane Elvis memorabilia collection that just fills his house, all the walls, everything is like packed with Elvis paraphernalia, and you can go knock on the door at any time of the day or night, and he'll let you in and show you around, but there's no cameras allowed. But we went and knocked on the door, and he never answered, so Uh, that's the only kind of like landmark place we went and failed to see inside. Dang. But, Are yeah. you a big Elvis fan? No. <laughs> I'm a, I, I like him. I like him just fine. But I really just wanted to see this person's like collection and hear what he had to say about it, I guess. Yeah. I was just listening to yeah. uh, Paul Simon's song, Graceland. Yes. My favorite. Oh, so good. That album is, I guess, is my favorite album of all time. Of all time? I think so, yeah. It's the first one I ever remember hearing and listening to and knowing all the words to it. I think it came out the year I was born, so I, I was like steeped in it from birth. That's right. So did <laughs> was guess. it like was it just something that played in the house or was it like something that yeah. you owned as yours? Well, no, I just there's a CD of my my parents just played it all the or I don't know if they played it. They played it and then I played it all the time. So it was played all the time nice but i just figured out this old album that i i always knew what the album cover art was but i didn't know what band or what the music was to it like it was an album that i always saw in my dad's record collection and it's a um it's an old fleetwood mac album that has uh like a uh sort of dolly-esque i guess uh Uh, baboon like eating cake like very psychedelic and weird Whoa! and I've never seen it on any of the CDs but I, I came across it recently like all time best album cover art or something that's so, cool yeah they really people just go all out on their album covers I guess there's like no limits to what they can do yeah it's so, nice when you have that option but a lot yeah. of times I, th- I think that it's like A and R reps like stylizing shit a lot yeah i always i feel like kansas has a excellent repertoire of album covers yeah fuck they're that. always super flashy and like chromed out i wonder cool. if it that's like if because it doesn't seem like the artwork is that important for album cover art anymore as much but maybe it is maybe i'm just yeah being, but not in terms of like visual arts like i guess yeah like, like design is is definitely used but it doesn't Yeah, seem... your whole branding, like your entire like everything has to 
permeate the internet. Yeah, and, and be <laughs> and the same thing. Yeah, always. it has to like be uniform throughout all of its marketing capacities. Yeah. Whereas like old like seventies albums is like, well, that's just the thing for that thing. Like it doesn't have yeah. to be about another. But you know that probably square image. In terms of things now, like looking at it, like that's kind of marketing in and of itself because you at the time had to like grab people's eye from the show. Right, yeah, maybe? one shot. Yeah, besides the radio, and you never saw anything on the radio, so the visual aspect of it had to sort of work in that in in, in yeah. the record store. Because think about you know it's weird. I I go to the library to get all my DVDs and like all the books that I get. I just get from the library. And when I don't have stuff like that's waiting for me there that like I pre-ordered, I'll look at the DVDs and whichever one has the best uh, like cover design, I have the feeling that it'll be a better movie and I'll get yeah, those ones. for sure. And it almost always works. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you can, despite the old expression, like don't judge a book by the cover, I feel like you can kind of get away with it sometimes. Just a little bit. I mean, I do. I would definitely do that on Netflix. There's so many options. You have to like, just sort of weed it down by the one that looks like it might be well considered visually yeah, first. Yeah, you know then. that becomes new like cultural icons. Like even thinking back, like I was thinking about uh, like the down south hip hop scene of like the like late '90s. Like after like the L.A. gangster rap scene died out, like there was the big like Master P and like <laughs> like Florida like down south like hip hop in Atlanta, and all the design was like flashy like uh, they used a lot of glitter and like reflective <laughs> materials that just like it flashed. Yeah. It was total. It was total. It, lots of like fluorescent green or like you know like yeah. pink green. I mean that works just for humans. I think across the board. Yeah, I know, right? I mean. Jeff, uh, yeah, Jeff Koons really profited off shiny stuff. <laughs> it yeah. just kind of works, I think. I think we're like, we've evolved to just grab at the shiny stuff. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe what. that's a good lead way to, to talk about art a little bit with you. Like, I was trying to think, usually, you know, I have people on and like I have a sort of way to uh, sort of describe their art from a particular angle. But I, I found that it, I that's a little bit more difficult for you. And and I'm saying this in terms of like a, more of a compliment. I don't know if it sounds like it, but I'm trying to – it's complimentary. <laughs> in that it. like you can't – like it's – you're not somebody who's making art that's easily defined. Do you feel like that's accurate? Uh, I have trouble. <laughs> yeah. But that's just because like I don't have a good like art history – knowledge or foundation and i haven't had to really explain my work in depth very often so it doesn't really roll off the tongue for me uh very well well i think from my perspective it seems like you're very um experiment uh you experiment a lot you it looks like you're you're willing to try new things like you're you're I, and I say this from from my own perspective. I feel like I kind of follow some of the same ideas. Like, so I became familiar with uh, some of your figurative work. I, I talked about this with uh, with Kyle that you you had oh, yeah. you had a Kerouac little like just a head oh, drawing yeah. in a sketchbook that I really liked <laughs> and I wanted. Um, I totally forgot about that. 
and but at the same time you also had uh some sort of i guess like uh sort of psychedelic abstraction sort of maybe uh geometric pattern type work that you were showing as well so yeah. what i'm getting at is that you sort of have this capability of of working from uh, a multitude of different types of styles and angles and maybe different opinions at different times and i think that sort of uh, makes it difficult to try to sort of pigeonhole you or, you know, put you in a particular group or, or whatever. Do you find that that becomes mm. problematic for you? I mean, maybe you, don't, you haven't even had, you, like you didn't have to dis- discuss it really, but. Um, I guess not so much anymore because I feel like I've sort of left the figurative stuff behind for the most part or the more, well, as soon as I said that, I just realized I've been painting like oil paintings of Seinfeld screenshots, but I sort of consider that like a different, a whole different body of work. But in terms of my other work, I sort of stopped doing representational. I, I mean, there's symbols that you, they're like objects. You can tell that they represent objects, plants and hands and stuff. But I stopped using references for that kind of stuff when I stopped trying to get illustration jobs because I just found it too frustrating to always have to base everything I was doing off a reference and I sort of the whole point of it for me anyway was to get into that meditative state where you're sort of tripping out on a pattern or some optical geometry stuff so I just sort of was trying to simplify my language by focusing on that stuff mostly so I think that's sort of where I'm at now but I'm sort of trying to free up again from that and that's why I started doing the Seinfelds so does that sort of like it like you sort of set yourself up with rules and then the rules get kind of boring yeah sort of it's it's weird like I feel like my natural tendency is to be really tight with everything but then I get stuck and it's not satisfying or I'm not improvising and it doesn't feel like a real creative process. It's sort of just, if I, if I stop thinking about it, I'll just plan the whole thing out like before I even start and then just fill it in. So I have to sort of come up with ways to stop myself from doing that. And let me ask you this. What do you think it is that like gives you the drive to say that that's, uh, do you, do you have a sense that that's not the way that you want to do it? Or do you get like a, a different type of reward system from something that you don't plan out? Do you feel do you feel better about the work itself one way or the I other? I think so. Yeah, I think I think uh, I feel better about it when I haven't planned it all the way out. I mean, I've definitely gone through that whole process so many times where I like I I feel like I learned it in college when we were trying to get like editorial work for illustration, like you have to do a thumbnail sketch, a series of thumbnail sketches, and then like the art director will pick uh, a sketch, and then you have to like basically copy it and not make any changes that will alter the image. So then you end up like just basically replicating it, and it's like not satisfying at all. It doesn't feel like fun. Yeah, <laughs> so, sure. And on some level, right, you're you're doing something for somebody else and not yourself. Yeah, that, I mean, that is a whole separate issue that I struggled with feeling like I wasn't, I couldn't do anything like weird or too abstract or people, the 
art director or whoever would be like, I don't get it. I, that's all. That's, that seems weird. So was that <laughs> like, the why plan? Why would they be looking at a pineapple? It's like, what? I Was that, that the plan? plan? Was to do illustration, yeah. Yeah. Did you went to school then too? Yeah. So yeah. I majored in illustration and then I moved to New York with some friends who also had been in illustration and we, I think, all had the goal of sort of getting editorial work or whatever, just getting illustration work, freelance illustration stuff. And then, you know, I got some, but it was just sort of like frustrating. I don't know. It seemed like the process wasn't wasn't fun. And you can tell when it's not fun and the and the final image looks tight and just like you sort of suffered through it. You know what? Uh, I just what I just picked up from the library was the um, the Soul Pancake book. Oh and yeah. I was looking through it and just looking at all the art stuff that was in it, and I came across your image. I was like, I fucking know this image for some reason, <laughs> and I couldn't. It took me a while to figure it out, and then I remembered you had made uh, T-shirts of the same image. Was it this? That like sea captain guy. Yeah, it was a it was a guy with a beard, and then yeah. there was some pattern design. And you you did a thing, or I, I guess you and Cezio did a thing where everyone got to sort of design their own shirt. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a cool. That was a cool show. I really enjoyed it. Like, oh, uh, thanks. It's not oddly, and I believe it was the first time I had seen your work too, in person for sure. Um, it was. It was. I mean. One of the first times that I had a show, so that's entirely likely. Yeah, right. So did you said you moved to New York. You, you didn't grow up there? No, I grew up in Massachusetts. Like, uh, I hail from a farm town, Central Mass, and I went to high school in like a more preppy town, I guess you would say, like closer to Boston. And then I moved to Providence for college and then New York after that. You went to RISD? Yeah. How was that experience? It was cool. I really like Providence. Um, I've never been. I could see living there again if rent here becomes, like, extremely astronomical. I mean, it already is astronomical. Yeah, I know. It's a cool place. I like Providence. I want to go back. I always feel like people who who are... uh, people who are able to make it in new york like you've already won just the fact that you're able to survive in such a rough city like you're already ahead of the game it seems like even though i'm sure it doesn't feel like that in the in the mix i guess that's i mean that's what we have to tell ourselves i guess but i mean i feel like wherever you live there's trade-offs this is like the conversation that i feel like everybody has like every other week or so you have the conversation of like ah fucking Brooklyn is so the rent's gonna go up and then everything's more expensive when you have to move but then it's like yeah but we live here for like specific reasons such as like I have to kind of remind myself to like go to openings because that's the whole point like you go to an opening you see like 20 people you know all at once super easy it's great I don't know like that seems like the whole point to me like riding a bike around subways good i don't know there's certain things that i don't want to leave and the more i stay and ride my bike around the more it feels like home yeah so that's nice. it's sort of better i mean rent is higher than when i moved here but also when i moved here i had no expectations 
and there were no jobs so everything had to have gotten better sort of yeah sure if you're you're still uh at least surviving thriving can we say you're thriving is that fair i don't know i think we're all thriving (laughs) yeah sure why not as long as we're above ground and breathing oxygen yeah i have a home so yeah it's good did um did you come from a creative background where your your folks creative or or sort of push you towards a creative lifestyle uh my family is liberal and there are a lot of people in it in my family who do their own forms of art or craft or music or whatever um just all in various ways like my grandfather for example is he's a chemist and a farmer and a musician and he also is like a woodworker and he paints and like just does like everything basically yeah. he has his whole shop and he makes puzzles wooden jigsaw puzzles right. like hundreds of them and he makes paintings of like landscape paintings and wooden ducks and stuff yeah and my grandma weaves on a loom and knits and cooks and also farms there's something about and, self-sufficiency yeah. right like that sort of breeds creativity because you you sort of have to yeah. get wise to to be self-sufficient not wise yeah. and like smart but like maybe like macgyverish yeah you can't be afraid to try things yeah you gotta take the risk of figure it out <laughs> yeah sure and i i feel like you see that in your work too maybe a little bit that risk of experimentation I hope so. I I feel like I need to ramp that up a little, a lot. That's sort of the thing I'm always kind of trying to tell myself to do more of, like stop doing the same thing that you always do and do a new thing, you know? Because I, I don't know, I, I get comfortable like just doing the same thing over and over or trying small variations on it, and I forget that I can like do something totally different at all times right it seems like there, yeah. there's binding rules that like you're supposed to create this uh sort of monolithic series of yourself you know it seems like that i, yeah. I get that sense from the art world like you're supposed to create this uh sort of easily definable grouping of things that is like hey that's me in in the yeah, visual form like- it has to it has to make sense and follow a thread in some way or you at least have to be able to explain it in such a way that it follows a certain thread it seems that's but, what they say but i th- i'm pretty sure there's no rules yeah i mean <laughs> that's that's the battle <laughs> like reconciling those two schools of thought i guess not that there's only two, but that's sort of a conversation I have with myself all the time. Like I should like focusing in on a certain theme and digging deeper into it and seeing where I can take it versus just doing anything I want. And I sort of, I sort of, sort of, I'm doing both right now. I think (laughs) this is like, and I'm sort of hoping that they will meet up at some point. I did one abstract Seinfeld painting with like neon fades and stuff. Uh Yeah, I saw that. And that's the one that like where the two meet, but I don't know. I'm not really worried about it, I guess. I think it'll just sort of work itself out. 
Yeah, sure. Let's talk about the Seinfeld. Did you watch? Uh, did you see Jerry Seinfeld and and George Costanza and uh, Newman on the Super Bowl commercials? Oh, I didn't watch the Super Bowl, but I heard about it. I, th- I actually heard, uh, a bunch of hype. <laughs> it was weird. Newman didn't age. What? <laughs> Newman looks exactly the same. George, but some, he, hasn't he lost like a lot of weight since Seinfeld? Uh, he looked exactly the same. Like, <laughs> what? Yes. Ex- Weird. Like he, his face didn't... And you know, that's kind of the funny thing is like, since he's a little bit fatter than the other guys, that maybe his wrinkles didn't show as much. But George looked old. Somebody told me that George didn't look old. Jerry looked old as shit. Not that there's anything yeah. wrong with that, but just in Not observation. Not there's anything wrong with that. A Seinfeld right? phrase. Very good. <laughs> just to wrap it all up. Um, Do you have a favorite Seinfeld episode? It, oh, I, do you mind if, you seem kind of young for uh somebody to be uh interested in seinfeld and, really yeah how old, well, is it okay to ask you how old you are or is that is, <laughs> no is that weird <laughs> no, I'm to do I, i'm 27 but it was on tv all while i was growing up yeah. i think it ended in like 1998 or 9 right so I watched it on TV. I, yeah. I wasn't aware that there were like new episodes, but I guess there were while I was watching it. But then I also just kept watching it even when it was just in syndication. I'm fairly certain that I've seen everyone. Yeah, I think I have too. But once in a while, someone mentions something that I'm like, I don't, that does not sound familiar to me. Is it possible that I haven't seen that? I doubt it. It's probably just like it just left the memory bank. It's probably. I would. I mean, assume. it's hard to keep it all in there. There's just so much. I know, especially now, just totally inundating our brains full of stuff. So, you've been doing yeah. these really cool paintings that are stills from Seinfeld episodes, and yeah, <laughs> I find that there's there's a comedic value to it, which I assume you seem to have a, a sense of humor in some of your stuff. <laughs> Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, I sort of meant. I sort of thought of the idea as a joke uh-huh. to begin with. Like, well, cause like here, it just for, seems like silly to do that. Because you're painting them really like oil painterly kind of style. Like, what would be maybe like like a what would be thought of as like a snooty or like highbrow type of painting <laughs> technique, uh-huh. but with what seems like tongue in cheek like sitcom images that yeah wouldn't necessarily be the the imagery that you would see in that format or whatever (laughs) yeah that was my that was my idea i guess like paint something silly i mean not just something silly because i wanted it to be i didn't have any other idea other than seinfeld because i don't know why that's the fan fan art aspect of it like i love seinfeld so <laughs> i just it was like thinking about seinfeld probably and thought like it'd be funny to do like serious oil paintings of screenshots from this comedy show i don't, I don't think you answered the what your favorite uh, episode was Did oh. you, do you have one i think i have one uh what's yours mine is the breaking even episode Oh, when he throws the when, yeah, no matter he what, twenty dollar bill at the window. <laughs> no matter what, he breaks even because I feel it's like so that good. I relate to that most in my life. I can't get yeah. ahead anywhere, but I don't get behind either. I just break even every time. Yeah, I wanted to do a 
if I can ever have a show of the Seinfelds, I want to do an installation like in the center of the gallery where it's just a pile of all the stuff that's been thrown out of the window over the course of the series, which would be like at least nine things. <laughs> it was there's like the air conditioner or thrown or has fallen or whatever you know. Did one of the man's trophy. ears? Did one of the man's ears go out the window? Uh. You did. Know, you did a maybe. painting for that one, huh? How many of those have yeah. you done? I counted the other. I think maybe like sixty in that neighborhood. Holy shit. I don't know. I've sold a bunch, and then and there's still a bunch in my studio, and I did some new ones recently. So I don't know, sixty neighborhood maybe. It, no. You should. You should <laughs> they're show. They're pretty small, so they don't, they're not those. a burden space wise. You should show them that? all. You should show them all in New York for sure. Oh, I want to. Yeah, I I don't have a, a show set up yet, but that's a goal. Yeah. He um he's doing a new show. Uh, have you seen the previews for it? Comedians in cars yeah. getting coffee. That's what the Super Bowl commercial thing was just like a promo for that, but they made it. Like I a know. Thing. I felt a little betrayed <laughs> because. I, Everyone I thought, kept telling me, like, oh, there's going to be a reunion. Have you seen? And I was like, eh. Yeah, it wasn't anything close to that. It's just, I was thinking it's like, it would be so strange for them to do that because there's Curb Your Enthusiasm that already had a few episodes about a Seinfeld reunion. Yeah. And, like, they, the two shows recycle ideas so much already that, I don't know. So have you watched all the Curb Your Enthusiasm episodes, too? Yes. <laughs> I don't think I I feel like I've only seen a few seasons, but I I'm a huge Larry David fan. He's fucking so funny. Yeah, I love that guy. It's weird like people either just can't watch him at all cuz he's too like harshly awkward and confrontational. Yeah. Or people are like, "Yeah." <laughs> he's the fucking best. Can we talk a little bit about your your processes, like in terms of yeah. so like sure. like you have a like I've mentioned the sort of the psychedelic work. Um, you seem to be u- utilizing uh, like old like airbrush techniques. Are you using spray paint or airbrush sort of style illustrative? Uh, there's a sort of I've kind of are you still with me? No. Oh, you froze. All right, we have slight technical difficulties. Let's see. Morgan might be done. Let's try. Hello. Hi. Sorry, hey. we lost you for a second. <laughs> I think Skype was starting to glitch out. You started to do robot voice a little bit. Yeah, yeah, same. I was doing robot voice too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, weird. No, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about like the process, like how you go about. Like, I, I, I like the. You had mentioned the the one Seinfeld piece that's sort of like the missing link between the your your different styles. Uh, you're using a lot of. I've been calling it like I've I've been seeing this thing sort of arise. Like I think organically, like this new sort of new folk style. Um, and it seems like there's like some like almost like '60s day glow added with like '80s design. Uh, sort of creating this new sort of do-it-yourself sort of folk look. 
I I, I think I, I kind of fit you into that. Is that, is that something that you think is fair to say? I th- it sounds like it. I don't know. I've never heard the word folk used. Yeah, I'm, I'm in... going new folk. Oh, I mean, I, I'm not opposed to it. But I'm not sure, like, I guess, yeah, definitely Dayglow and all those, you know, descriptors that you used are definitely present in my work. And then as far as the imagery, I've sort of just been, lately I've been using an overhead projector to assemble objects and then move them around and sort of then trace them onto a panel and then fill it in, but not all the way, sort of stop before it's all filled in and then add more sort of, I sort of realize it's like analog Photoshop kind of, because you can like put like <laughs> yeah, that's sort of... down, draw some stuff, erase it. That's a, like almost like a seventies design style in terms of like pre-computer technique. Yeah, I know. I never, I mean, I never thought to do that except someone left an overhead projector in the studio and it just ended up in my space and I started playing around with it. But Which is the exact sort of idea that I think when I think of like folk art, like in terms of like historical context, like I think of people utilizing materials and things around them that are, that they're able to experiment with and try new things and do stuff with what is available to them. As opposed to like, you know, a, a typical oil painter has to go to the store and buy paint, oil, and the whole routine, you know? Yeah. So I see I some think, sort of connection to that. Yeah, I mean, I think that has sort of been my process all along, simply out of convenience. Like, especially moving here and being broke for so long, oh, like, yeah. I definitely was sourcing my materials and my process from just whatever was around, like... I mean, I originally had done some drawings from stills from VHSs that I have or home movies or just like, I don't know, just whatever media was around me and then material-wise, same. Like, maybe I can use this holographic paper that is to my left. Uh, Which (laughs) I think it's like that same ethic that you're talking about, like with your grandfather, just in in a different sort of context. Yeah, I guess so. He's he's definitely way more inventive and takes a lot more risks with new things. I'm sort of like, that's something I have to push myself to do more is like, you know, go out and get materials I've never used before and play around with them until I find a way they can work for me. Yeah, sure. And he's a lot older too, right? He's... <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, he's pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, um... If we want to send some people your way, is there a internet portal website where we can <laughs> send our viewers to check you out? Yes. My website is morganblair.com. And from there, I think I have links to my various social media outlets. You're on the Instagrams. Instagram. And the I just got the Instagram. Dang, I don't know if I follow you on the Instagram. What is your Instagram it's a, name? It's a new bug for me. It's Morgan Blair, but another it doesn't roll off the tongue because it's like the first and last letters of my first and last name are doubled. <laughs> so it's like M-M-O-R-G-A-N-N 
B-B-L-A-I-R-R. Oh, so you make it look all crazy. If you can imagine such a thing. Yeah, it's just drawn out. Hey, you want to turn your camera back on for a minute? And we'll do yeah. uh, internet dap, and I'm going to take your picture for my Instagrams. Okay. Let's see, Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Let me try to, try to organize When should I do screen. the peace sign? All right, you can do it right now. One, two... Nice. And then I'll take a picture of myself too. A phone and a camera and a computer. I mean, yeah, I'm taking care of business here. That way, we'll do a little side by side. I'll be on the screen too. There we go. Morgan, I want to cool. thank you again for for taking the time to shoot the shit with me. It was nice. Thanks to, for having me. Yeah, it was good to get to know you a little bit better. And um, yeah. I look forward to to seeing where you experiment and go crazy and uh, do awesome new things. Thanks, dude. And see, and I want to watch. I want to watch the Seinfeld series grow as well too. Series are okay too. There's no <laughs> rules, right? Yes, I'll go until I just can't even stand it anymore. Beautiful. I guess. <laughs> All right, Morgan. Thank you very cool. much. Let's do. Let's do. Let me get some knuckles up here. Bam. Pound it. Am I doing? Oh, there it is. Cool. Perfect. All right. Have a good night. Cool. Thank you very much. You too. See ya. All right, so that was Morgan Blair. Um, again, make sure you go follow the Live Free Podcast at Live Free Podcast on Twitter. Follow me at Mike Maxwell Art, Facebook, Twitter, your mom's house, whatever. Uh, and producer Lex, we miss him in the womb chair today, but he'll be back for the next episode. We're getting our schedules. Um, rearranged here we're both getting i think we're going to start recording shows on mondays and fridays or mondays or fridays uh and we'll have more guests on so thanks everybody for listening and we love you kisses the mississippi delta was shining like a national guitar I am following the river down the highway Through the cradle of the Civil War I'm going to Graceland, Graceland To Memphis, Tennessee I'm going to Graceland Poor boys and pilgrims with families And we are going to Graceland And my traveling companion is nine years old He's the child
ghosts in empty sockets I'm looking at ghosts in empties Now. 